0: Well, it's about time you got here. Something tells me you're not being totally honest with me. What was briefly yours is now mine. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about movies again know in the past i've given you lists of movies that i like some movie soundtracks that i like and we've talked about movie tropes quite a bit but today i'm changing it up a little we're going to talk about actors this time actors and actresses we're actually using the generic actors now to cover all actors and actresses male and female but i'm not going to talk about my favorite actors this time what i wanted to talk about today was the character actors character actors have always fascinated me for those who don't know the character actor is that second banana, that guy in the background, that woman who's waiting tables, the bartender in the back. Those are your character actors. They're not the star. The character actor is always in the movie, can sometimes steal a movie, but is never the star. And I just use the phrase second banana. Some people look at me and say, what the hell are you talking about, second banana? That's an old theatrical phrase, actually comes from vaudeville times and burlesque shows. The top banana was the lead comic, the guy who was the funny guy. Then if that guy had somebody working with him, that would be the second banana. And sometimes you'd have the third banana. Like the really low-level dude. He would deliver the cream pie that the second banana would get hit in the face with by the first banana or the top banana. Now, I tried to figure out why they were called bananas. Couldn't really find a definitive answer to that. I always just believed it was like they were in a bunch. So there was the top banana, the second banana, and the third banana. Made sense to my young mind. But ever since then, I've always called the character actor, especially like the best friend who wasn't the star, that's the second banana. So that's a very long-winded way of me saying, this episode is about second bananas. And when I talk about them, I'm only going to give you names. Obviously, this is a podcast. It's not a video. So I'm not going to be able to throw pictures up. But what I want you to do is remember these names. And when you have a chance, go look them up, because you're going to look at the faces and you're going to say, oh, I know that guy. Or, oh, her, I know her. Because you're going to recognize the faces as soon as you see them. And that's how you can tell you've got a good character actor, because they're in every movie. And when I say they're in every movie, I almost literally mean it. One of the guys on this list is named John Carradine. You might recognize the Carradine name. He's the father of Chris Carradine, David Carradine, Keith Carradine, Robert Carradine, and also the adoptive father of Bruce Carradine, all of them actors. John Carradine goes way 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 back to the early 1900s. If you look up his IMDb, you'll you'll see the phrase extremely prolific film actor. Yeah, extremely prolific. According to one of the counts that I saw, John Carradine was in over 300 movies. 300 movies as a character actor. And he did everything. He did theater at one point, but he did a lot of different films. He was the butler. He was in the horror movies. He did some of the ultra-low-budget horror movies. I can't think of an iconic role off the top of my head because he was just the second banana. You know, hanging out in the background, bringing coats, opening doors, jumping out from behind a cabinet and scaring you. But that was John Carradine. 300 movies. But he's just one example of the character actors that that I'm fascinated with. There's a whole other subset of character actors. Either they weren't originally actors or they came to acting late. And they fascinate me, too, because I just wonder, how do you go from being a lawyer, for instance, or a police officer, to an actor? One of the first names that comes to my mind is Fred Thompson. Now, you may know that name. Fred Thompson was a senator from Tennessee. He also worked in Washington, D.C. He was on the International Security Advisory Board at the uh, Department of State. He was really a politically connected guy. He was also in the movies The Hunt for Red October, Sinister, No Way Out, Die Hard 2, Yeah, if you want to know who I'm talking about, the guy in charge of the airport in Die Hard 2, that's Fred Thompson. Oh, if you watched Law & Order, the TV show, he played Arthur Branch, the district attorney. Now, how you go from a lawyer, a politician, a senator, to acting, I don't know. But if you see Fred Thompson's face, you'll go, oh, I know that guy. You probably know Jane Lynch's name. Now, Jane Lynch didn't start acting seriously until she was much older. She was in Gleeve for a few seasons. She was the voice of the Halo-esque character in Wreck-It Ralph. She was in A Mighty Wind. She is so dry, witty, the perfect deadpan delivery. If you ever watched Two and a Half Men, she plays Charlie's psychologist to a T. She's so funny, so perfect. And every time you see her, you go, oh yeah, I know her. And there's a lot of movies that if she wasn't in them, the movie wouldn't be as good. And I'm thinking Role Models. If you haven't seen Role Models, go check out Role Models and Jane Lynch, even though in a small part, hysterical. One of my favorite character actors, Dennis Farina. Again, a name you may know. Oh yeah, I know that guy. Dennis Farina was a police officer. He worked in Chicago and helped Michael Mann as a police consultant in some of his early movies. Michael Mann cast him in a small role in the movie Thief, all the way back in 1981. And if you're trying to place Dennis Farina... He was in Law & Order as a detective for a couple of seasons. He played Jimmy Serrano in Midnight Run, The Gangster. He was an FBI agent tracking Hannibal Lecter in the first Hannibal Lecter movie directed by Michael Mann, Manhunter. And he hosted Unsolved Mysteries for a few years. That's Dennis Farina. Didn't come to acting till late in life after he was a cop for many years. Another one of my favorites, Catherine Houston. Now that name may not be familiar to you. But if you're a fan of Desperate Housewives, she was Karen McCluskey. Or if you watched The West Wing, she was Mrs. Landingham, the president's secretary. She was also on Dharma and Greg and in Becker. I love Catherine because she's the matronly old secretarial type. Just looks like a fixture at whatever institution she's been in for forever. She didn't start acting until she was 56 years old. That's when she decided to move to Los Angeles and pursue her acting dream. 56! And she's had a pretty good career. Another one of my favorites, John Mahoney. That's another name that's probably familiar. If you've ever watched Frasier, John Mahoney is Frasier's dad. He landed that role as Frasier's dad at the age of 53. He hadn't been acting for more than 12 or 13 years at that point. At least in movies and films. He actually started in England, did some theater work, and then popped up in all kind of movies. He had bit parts in Tin Men and Suspect. He was in Moonstruck, Ape Man Out, always the serious cop type or some button-down bureaucrat until he got the role as Frasier's dad. Now, those are some of my late-in-life character actors. And I guess I like them because it still gives me hope that my Hollywood career might take off. Someday, maybe. But there's other character actors out there who were around for literally decades, made dozens, if not hundreds, of pictures. And again, as I said at the beginning, you may want to look up some of these names just so you can put a face with a name. And I know it's weird to be talking about people that I want you to look up, but you know, I figured I'd give it a try. If you like this podcast episode, we'll do more of these lists. Oh good, Gamer Dude's doing a podcast. Let's go listen. I hear he gives homework. Or perhaps maybe we won't do it again at all. But I spend so much time watching and talking about movies, I thought this would be a good topic too. Because the character actors, they really make the picture. The stars are important, no lie. The writers are important, no lie. But just as we've talked about in video games, you need good voice acting to carry a story. You need good bit players. You need good character actors. You need good second bananas to make a movie work. And all of these people are great second bananas, like Walter Brennan. Now, Walter Brennan, you probably know from Westerns if you ever watched a Western. I love Walter Brennan because he won three Oscars as Best Supporting Actor. Not Best Actor, but Best Supporting Actor. If you win three Oscars as a supporting actor, you're a really good character actor. As I said, he was popular in westerns. He was the consummate cowboy type. But he played businessmen, conmen, local yokels, military officers. He did pretty much everything they asked him to do and did it superbly well. One of my favorite movies that he was in was a James Garner movie called Support Your Local Sheriff. He played the head of the bad guy family. He just had this laconic, laid-back... Old, western, cowboy-type delivery. He just made it work. Another of the old-timey character actors, Mary Wicks. Now, to picture Mary Wicks, you kind of have to picture Jane Lynch. Not looks-wise, necessarily, but personality-wise. Although Mary was more of a loud, wise-cracking type, Jane is more of a laid-back, sarcastic type, but they were similar roles that they played. Mary was always salty, tell-it-like-it-is, Kind of that head principal at the school attitude. One of her iconic TV roles was in Lucille Ball's I Love Lucy. She was a ballet teacher for Lucy and she was just evil. That's the best way to put it. An evil ballet teacher. And she did it perfectly. And if you ever saw the movie Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg, Mary Wicks is in that too. But dozens of other movies as well. And again, as soon as you see her face, you go, Oh yeah, I know her. One of my other favorite character actors, Slim Pickens. Yes, that's actually his name. Slim Pickens. If you know the movie Dr. Strangelove from the 60s, Slim Pickens is the major in that who rides the bomb. I don't want to spoil it in case you've never seen it and in case you want to see it, but that's Slim Pickens. He had kind of a hoarse voice, a definite southern slash western twang to his voice. Usually played a cowboy type, but they would put him in other movies occasionally. But boy, it seems like every western they made in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, Slim Pickens was in it. Actually, when they put him in Dr. Strangelove, they were casting him against type because he was so well-known as a western dude. But Slim Pickens was just the Hollywood cowboy in my mind. You wanted a cowboy, you went and got Slim Pickens. Another guy I always can pick out of the crowd, who's always good, Henry Jones. Now, Henry Jones played in comedies, he played in dramas, he was in Hitchcock's Vertigo, he was a very methodical and very cruel coroner in Vertigo, but he had funny roles too. He was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, he was in Dick Tracy the movie in 1990. Usually you'd find him as a minister, or a judge, or a janitor. Sometimes they'd have a little dark side or you'd worry that they were a little creepy. That was Henry Jones. And talk about a successful character actor, over 150 movies for this guy. If you've been in 150 movies, I think you've had a pretty good career. Now going back to the cowboy roles, Jack Elam was one of the best cowboy guys I've ever seen. But he wasn't just in cowboy movies and westerns. He could play the mobster, or just the sidekick for the cop, or the bum on the street. I love Jack's story because he started out acting by coming from the movie studio's accounting services department. He traded a role in the movie for his accounting services. He would do accounting for the film company in exchange for a role in the movie. Talk about a nice barter system. Jack did a good job and landed a really long, really incredible career from those humble little beginnings. And you've seen Jack Elam. I know you have because he was in so many movies as well. You know, maybe it wasn't a Western you saw him in. But I know he was a couple of homeless people, a couple of hobos. There was a couple of killers in some movies. Jack Elam could go creepy really easily. Another one of my favorite character actors, Mike Mazurki. Now, Mike looks like he's been in a street fight every day of his life for 15 years in a row. Mike was a big fella, 6'5", always played the heavy. I never saw Mike play a good guy. Mike was a former football player, former professional wrestler, and parlayed that into a career as a thug, a strong man, a gangster, a bully for over 50 years. He kept making movies for 50 years, playing that big thuggish guy who if he looked at you wrong, you'd run because he was so scary. Now, if you're up on your old, old movies, one of his best roles was Moose Malloy in an old noir thriller, Murder My Sweet. He also played Split Face in the Dick Tracy movie that was made in 1945. Oh, he was a big ugly mug. Always seemed like he'd be your friend if you were on his good side. But getting on his good side was a very difficult task. That's the way it seemed every time I saw him in the movies. He was just a scary dude. Here's another name for you. Charles Lane. It seems like an ordinary name, right? Well, if you can picture a mean, miserly, miserable-looking, grumpy, crotchety old dude, like the guy who'd be auditing your tax return, that's Charles Lane. He played that role in every movie he was in. If you were getting audited, Charles Lane was the guy. If you needed a mean judge on the bench, Charles Lane was your guy. If you needed the nasty neighbor to slam the door in your face on Halloween, Charles Lane was your guy. He was a scrawny looking dude, beady eyed. My mother would call it a sourpuss on his face. He always got that role. And boy, did he play it to a hilt. Another guy who made dozens and dozens of movies playing that little niche. And it worked for him. And he was really good in every role. You'd look at him and go, oh, I know that guy. And then be lost in the movie again because he just buried himself in the part. I mean, he made so many movies in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. I was looking it up in 1933. He made 23 movies in that year alone. That's a guy who was busy. Now, that's a bunch of old timey character actors that I love that I've seen for literally decades. And every time they turn up, I go, oh, yeah. But we have character actors today, too. Of course we do. And I have to mention two of my favorites today because not only are they great character actors, but they also do voice work. So the crossover is perfect for me. And you guys know him too. Lance Reddick is such a great character actor. Lance is never the lead in the movie. But boy, when he's in a scene, you definitely want to watch him. Lance played Cedric Daniels in The Wire and Philip Broyles in Fringe. Those are a couple of his TV credits. He's been in movies as well. He's in the John Wick franchise, which you probably know. But he's also done video games. He was Martin Hatch in Quantum Break, which I've actually played on the stream. He was Silence in Horizon Zero Dawn, also from the stream. He's Commander Zavala in the Destiny franchise. He does a lot of work. TV, movies, and video games. Lance Reddick does it all, man. And does it well. Another one of my favorites, Keith David. Keith has done a lot of movies, and he also does a lot of voice work. Keith's career goes way back, too. He was King in the movie Platoon. He was Childs in the movie The Thing. Yeah, the one with Kurt Russell. He was in Crash, There's Something About Mary, Barbershop, Men at Work. He's done a ton of movies. One of my favorites that he did, an underappreciated science fiction movie called They Live. It was a movie he made with Rowdy Roddy Piper, The Wrestler, which is, by the way, one of the most underrated science fiction movies around. It is such a good movie, and Keith David is in that. He's got so many movie credits and TV credits, and you see him and you go... I know that guy. He's done voiceover work. He was a narrator for Ken Burns. He was Goliath in the Gargoyle series. He was Spawn in Mortal Kombat 11. Sergeant Foley in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Bunches of other video games. But my most important role, for my purposes, he's Captain Anderson in Mass Effect. That's why I love Keith David. He's Captain Anderson. And we've often talked about casting our Mass Effect movie. When we cast it, Keith David plays Captain Anderson. There's just no other person who could do it. Keith David is Captain Anderson. The other thing about character actors that I love is that every once in a while, a character actor will go from being the second banana in a movie to the star of a TV show. And all of a sudden, they go from a bit player to top banana. And the list is really long. I'm just going to mention a couple here. Because if you guys like this episode, I've got plenty that I could talk about about character actors. There's hundreds of them. But as I was putting this together, a couple of names popped up. Harry Morgan. You may not know Harry Morgan necessarily by the name, but Harry Morgan had a lot of bit parts in movies and second banana parts through the 40s and the 50s. In the 60s, he was a second banana on the Dragnet TV series. He finally hit it big as Colonel Sherman Potter in M.A.S.H. And Harry Morgan had a great career before that and finished up super strong as Colonel Potter. What about Bea Arthur? Bea Arthur was in movies and TV shows, bit player for a long time. Then she was Maud. Archie Bunker's cousin-in-law, who got her own TV series. And then Bea Arthur became super famous with Golden Girls. We can also talk about Alan Hale. Alan Hale played a gangster, played a good guy, played a second banana for years in the 40s and the 50s. In the 60s, Alan Hale became the skipper on Gilligan's Island. And then perhaps one of the greatest bit players to hit it big, Lucille Ball. Lucy started as one of those chorus girls always singing, dancing, being a part of things in the background of movies in the 40s. They tried her out as a lead, never really caught on as a lead. When TV started to grow in the 50s, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz caught lightning in a bottle with I Love Lucy. And Lucille Ball became one of the biggest TV stars ever. It didn't hurt that she was very, very funny. One of the best physical comedians of all time. Her timing was impeccable. Her sense of humor was amazing. And she had the I Love Lucy show in the 50s and the Here's Lucy show in the 60s. When Lucy was on TV, pretty much everything she touched was golden. Talk about a successful transition from bit player in the movies to huge TV star. That was Lucy. So there you have it, a trip down character actor lane. Believe me, we've just scratched the surface of these folks. There are so many talented people in Hollywood who never get the credit. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode, because there are so many people out there who are so good at what they do, and we should probably pay attention. At least that's my take on it. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of things. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen, to spend some time with me, and I can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.